0: Welcome one and all throughout time and space for this episode of weebs on the weekends the podcast where we break down the anime news highlights of the week and give a retrospective look on an anime that premiered 10 years ago today's episode we will cover the fifth week of April 2022 after which we will also give our thoughts on to whether to resurrect or rebury the 2012 anime franchise arcane famiglia. My name is Sam Martinez. I'm a part-time weeb, full-time auto mail mechanic. With me, as always, is my co-host Jay Johnson, part-time weeb, full-time English language sensei. Now, Jay, this past week has been a bit of a roller coaster ride for me. Just it's it's so weird. I I would say that it was very unexpected. So many things that would happen. I would say, like uh, news-wise or nerdy news-wise, say. For instance, the latest Moon Knight episode, the latest episode of One Piece that came out. or News-wise, Johnny Depp regarding Amber Heard. And even work-wise, if you remember, I had sent you the picture of the prosthesis that we were donated recently. That prosthesis was supposed to be from the 1930s. And it's just so surreal being able to have physical contact with something that has so much history and not also trying to link it back to some of the nerdy news. I've uh, learned a little bit about black rock shooter. The current black rock shooter is not necessarily the same as the black rock shooter. I remember <laughs> we can go into that a little bit later. And I've also ran into an anime that you might like. Uh, it's called Ya boy Kong Ming. And yeah, like I said, it's just a lot of stuff happened this week that I was very surprised about. What about yourself? How how was your week?
1: Uh pretty good, like again on the uh anime news front. Yeah, there's like some drops of like Oh, Mob Psycho uh season 3 was announced. There was the announcement that Fire Force is coming back or at least its third season is in works. Of course, the news about episode 115 of One Piece caught my attention because it was trending on twitter and a lot of places for a long time for what happened in it and let's see the moonlight episode of course we only have one episode of moonlight left because it's a limited mini series of six episodes we're on episode five so very to see if it's going to branch off into whatever phase four of marvel is right now um i definitely know your boy kong ming yeah that was one of the idol shows that was one of the idol shows i mentioned uh during our Uh, what we're looking forward to for the spring watch list it's not really idolish. it's kind of like like music i guess it's more of the music genre than idol genre but yeah very interesting stuff (laughs) in a ghost (laughs) sorry it's really the premise is really funny but other than that yeah it's a nice week of just returning to work and i only have one month of schooling left so i'm like ready for the summer already must
0: be nice must be nice
1: <laughs> those two unpaid months of summer <laughs> break yeah uh, playing a, a fishing trip up north to like one of the biggest Ooh. lakes in mongolia see if i can get that fly fishing down for the first time in my life since i'm a 30 year old man now get into my <laughs> old man stage of life but yeah um other than that. Let's see. Ready for some news, Sam?
0: I wanted to gush a little bit about uh, One Piece, and uh, okay, just, let's like, gush. Like yeah, said, let's gush
1: about One Piece just cause...
0: Just, 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 just just a wee bit cause it oh it just it's so pretty, it's so emotional, it's just so manly, it's just so everything. It... <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like sorry. it's like yeah,
1: it's really interesting that like the One Piece fandom is you know what it is nowadays because. You no, know, after so long being on air, you know, uh, 1,015 episodes, it's like you think the popularity would have waned, but, like, it feels like this episode has kind of set a new trend of turning people on to One Piece. It's like, oh, this is where the story went? You know, it's like some people, like, at least in the anime community or at least a vocal minority has always said, like, One Piece is, like, one of the worst anime because it doesn't have an end in sight. But it definitely feels like with this one episode, Oh, there feels like there was a benchmark reached. It's like you have oh, a yeah. goal in mind, and it feels very much reminiscent of like how Demon Slayer picked up after episode 19.
0: Mm-hmm. Or let's. No, like you said, it was Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, but not really. It, it, uh, like, that, that's the. Well, I would say My Hero Academia, at least for me, j- just as recent. I would say at the end of the first season, where we see All Might fighting the villains. Nomu. Yeah, yeah, and and Nomu at the end, right? Mm-hmm. We essentially All Might at that current point is the epitome of power for the hero community, and this is when his power is waning, and we see at that point, that the villains are able to, they weren't able to best him, but they were able to match him. If limited, they were able to match him, right? So that moment right there, it, was, it would sear into the minds of the heroes that are on, looking on, you know, giving them a goal to work towards. Especially Midoriya, right? Because he knows the responsibilities that he has to do. So it reinforces The idea that he has to get as quick, he has to get as strong and as capable as quick as he can, because All Might will not be there all the time, right? So I would say, like, that's, in in my most recent memory, that's the most equivalent of a benchmarker moment that I can think of.
1: Yeah, that's very fair. And we talked about last week about the ocean cuts of naruto cutting it down of the filler and it feels like Mm -hmm. episode you know this 1015 is going to probably promote someone to or push someone into making a cut of one piece so people feel a little bit more i know we talk about it a little bit but accessible for the general public but yeah Yeah. i'm like very much in the mode of actually like becoming a deep (laughs) one piece fan because of you for one (laughs) but also like it's getting to a point where You know, the end goal is in mind, so I might as well just commit myself to it. And again, a thousand episodes of a good story that feels like it's going to pay off now is definitely worth it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm in the camp of, yeah, give one piece a try, but also there's been... mon. um,
0: It's going to be a lot of work.
1: Not even that, but yeah. It's just going to be like a long ride, but you know, the ride mm. is worth it.
0: Yes, it is it is definitely worth it. Oh, one other thing that we could go into the news because I mentioned about the Black Rock Shooter. So I had initially thought that Black Rock Shooter was going to be a sequel, but it turns out that Black Rock Shooter, it's the franchise itself, it's more of an anthology, right? So the anime that premiered 10 and 12 years ago, it's unrelated to this one if anything themes and characters are similar at least black rock shooter and all the other cyborg looking ladies pretty much use the same image i would i'm trying to think of another franchise that does something similar i feel like there's some sort of super sentai type thing i think the closest thing i would have to compare it to is somewhat like common rider where the stories are similar and the overall feel is similar. You have you have somebody who gets a superpower, usually by a belt. They can ride on a motorcycle, and they go and they beat baddies, right? It's sort of like a similar formula. I would say it's something like that. But with BlackRock Shooter, they also do anime video. So it's n- not just simply anime or... Uh, Ovas, but it can be of the more I'm trying to think ethereal or abstract works if they wanted to uh, go in that direction. So if you do, if so, so buyer beware to audience members and to you, Jay. If uh, I had talked you into it, do realize that this Black Rock shooter, it's going to be different from the ones that have been released previously. So, don't necessarily think about it as a continuation, but as a separate story in the genre. A little bit like how Gundam has uh, taken the anthology route with its series as well, now that I think about it. Aside from that, I am ready for some new hoos. Are you Jay, or do you need some more warming up? Oh, no. I'm after perfectly I had fine. stalled you.
1: Oh yeah, I'm perfectly fine now. So there are going to be time codes in the description or wherever you might find it below the video. So time codes from the news to the review. So going from one anthology to the next for our first news story, we're talking about some Star Wars news. And this is about the Mandalorian and the Star Wars Visions is getting a manga adaptation. So Star Wars Visions was basically a collaboration between, I believe, seven studios or six or seven to produce an anthology series for the star wars extended universe i forgot what they're calling it now but there were basically stories that won't be affecting the mainline uh disney things that they've produced over the past couple of years so alongside their tv show the mandalorian so this came out news or this news came out from the square enix uh, magazine called big gongen which is basically having four one shots over the next couple of months, covering the storylines of each of the vignettes that the Star Wars Vision produced. So next month, or oh yeah, in May, it's going to be the Mandalorian story, which is being done by the manga that did Spider-Man, uh, Fake Red. In June, we're doing the Elder, which was the Sith kind of story with the visions, and that's being doing that's being done by the Witch. Um, or sorry, that's being done by the manga that did or was responsible for the witch hat Adler in July. Is that the next month? Yeah, July. It is uh, Lop and Ocho, which was the music uh, one, I believe. With the
0: no, 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 Lop Lop, Lop, Lop and Ocho. W- 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 like you said, it was a bunny rabbit, but it uh, wasn't the musical. Um, the one with the musical that was the little rock band. I think that was episode three.
1: Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. As mm-hmm. well, wow, feels like it was so long ago. But yeah, uh, Lop and Ocho, and that's being done by the same manga that did the Star Wars Princess Leia manga, which was like really critically acclaimed for how it depicted Leia being a commander and general, or eventually a general, and like giving her enough like fleshed out backstory when it came to her role in the uh, new Star Wars movies, and like giving her like that needed flushing out of her job as a commander. Uh, In August, it's the same Monica uh, that did The Mandalorian, but this time they are responsible for...
0: It's the Ninth Jedi. Oh, the Ninth ninth Jedi,
1: Jedi. damn. Yes, you're right. The (laughs) Ninth Jedi, which was very interesting. I think the Ninth Jedi was probably my favorite one.
0: Was the ninth Jedi? Was that the one with the girl? Was is that the one where the Kyber crystal would reflect how you felt at that moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like okay. she um basically was a not a smuggler, but yeah, they talked about the smithing of lightsabers and smuggling yes. into the hands of um, users. That turned out to be oh, I don't want to spoil it. But anyways, but and then in September it is the so you trigger one that was called the twins and that has being mm-hmm. done by the same club that did little witch academia so a lot of heavy hitters uh with this publication so sam does any of this sound interesting to you
0: it's so i i love it it's great because uh, uh, when those stories came out with visions lopin ocho the ninth jedi like those were two stories that i wanted to keep seeing that I wanted to be continued Lop and Ojo was so great because the duality and the dynamic of the two sisters and I also saw a behind the scenes in regards to that episode and one thing that they or one theme that they tried to delve into that episode was Wabi Sabi essentially the are, are you familiar with the term Wabi Sabi Jay or no no idea so let me just make sure I'm not talking out of my butt here. When <laughs> So essentially, Wabi Sabi, according to Wikipedia, is a world-centered view on the acceptance of transience and imperfection, right? So it's the way that I understand it, it would be another stage of serenity, being able to accept things that you can't change and doing all that you can. And the way that Lop and Ocho ends, it's just all these emotion, the, this emotional conflict that's not resolved. And you know that these two characters needed work to resolve it. But then even though like you have that emotional feeling in the background, you see a strong sense of resolve and a somewhat peaceful demeanor. In Ocho's, uh, I'm, I, I can't remember the rabbit's name. I think her name's Lop. In uh, the rabbit's character, as their her sister departs from her. And just that term, wabi-sabi, just really sums up that one scene. And they, I believe they accomplished what they had set out to do. In regards to The Nice Jedi... I really liked how they played around with the connection of the lightsaber to its wielder. More importantly, the type of kyber crystal that they have, where it would change the color of, due to the user, due to the user's alignment with the force. So it's a pseudo pulse check on the user, so you can see where the user stands, de- despite what the user says. That, that, that's that been fairly, that was fairly interesting. And I also liked how the story between, about the little girl's background that happened there. And with the twins, I just loved how the twins was just studio trigger in its glory. It was nice and clean. And they also played around with a uh, future sightseeing aspect in the sense that, Up until that point, the people who look into the future in the Star Wars universe, they are of the Sith. Or whenever they look into the future, they are converted to the Sith. Whereas in this short story, it's reversed. Whereas you have somebody that looks into the future and they begin to align themselves with the Jedi. That's interesting, in my opinion, because I just want to see where they go with that. So it would be interesting to see where the story goes. What about you, Jay? Is there any story or one shot that you're looking forward to, or uh, do you think you're do you think you'll be reading the Mandalorian? Uh, or I mean, since you've seen, I don't have you seen the Mandalorian
1: show, or no? Uh, I've only seen season one, so very much behind on that. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't really drop it for any particular reason. I Maybe I just got busy, but uh, it was just, like, good, and I think maybe that's why I dropped it, but particularly mm-hmm. the September issue of uh, the series is going to cover the twins, and, you know, just that they're having the monica that did Little Witch Academia, so it's going to be definitely in the same style that Studio Trigger is known for, so that's good for Star Wars, but from one manga news story to the next manga news story, this new story is about the Black Clover manga going on hiatus before its final arc. So, we talked about earlier this year that the anime wrapped up last year, sorry, anime wrapped up last year, but earlier this year, it was announced that it's going to close with a movie, which, sorry, very gassy for some reason, but it's going to close with a anime movie which basically is going to run from a, not a few chapters but it basically covers the last two arcs of the manga and with the manga wrapping up later next year it feels to coincide with the release of the movie and the wrapping up of the manga so I think why this really caught attention in the news sphere is because this is really unheard of mangakas taking breaks <laughs> and it feels very like Good to hear that the manga uh, of this, which is Yuki Tabata? Tabata? And he basically planned this ahead, like giving, giving like Shonen Jump, uh, weekly Shonen Jump, like heads up, like, oh, I'm going to take a break. And the editorial department very much supported his decision in taking a break because he's been going on for this manga for a good time. He started back in 2017, I believe no 2015 actually so he's been going for a very long time and mm-hmm. this has kind of been his first break in over like what six years so I'm very excited that this made like you know enough news to break the tension of the news week so uh black clover which i'm pretty much a fan of i really much in the camp of like the first hundred episodes are kind of unwatchable <laughs> which is kind of a terrible kind thing of. to say
0: kind of
1: <laughs> um, largely unwatchable but it does definitely get better in the last two arcs of the anime's run so i do recommend those but those are like kind of peak shown in those last two arcs mm-hmm. but it has 15 million in circulation as of you know this week and the other thing i really wanted to talk about with this new story are the other mangas that are probably getting like attention because of how shonen jump has been not dying off but a lot of their manga series are closing so sam i want to do a quick round of does sam know and see if you can spot the animes that don't have adaptations all right so we're going to run quickly through some of the shonen jump uh, manga uh, publications and see if you can name which animes or which mangas do not have animes so from the weekly shonen jump uh, these are basically categorized by like breaking in popularity or awards or circulation numbers. So I'm going mm-hmm. to give you from weekly Shonen jump Sam. So the first one is obviously One Piece. Next is Slam Dunk. Next is High Q. Next is Chainsaw Man, and next is Death Note. So which one of these does not have a anime? I
0: mean that's a trick question because we know that Chainsaw Man's getting an anime but it currently doesn't have one.
1: So what's your final answer, Mr. (laughs) Martinez?
0: (laughs) Why? 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 (laughs) Okay, Chainsaw Man doesn't have one, but it's getting one. So I I guess, like, currently, no. Chainsaw Man doesn't have an anime. Very
1: good, Mr. Martinez. Very good, very good. 100 points to House of Martinez. But yes, uh, the Chainsaw Man anime is yet to be released. It's being produced by... Uh, Madhouse, or sorry, not Madhouse, but wait, is it Madhouse? No, it's Mappa. And the other animes, of course, uh, Slam Dunk had roughly 100 episodes, I believe, 101 episodes back in the 90s. One Piece is still going on. Uh, Haikyuu has ended with some thoughts of a new season coming out, and Death Note obviously came out in the late 2000s. All right, so next mm-hmm. on the list is Shonen Jump Plus. And these manga series are Three Days of Happiness, Spy X Family, A Look Back, Hell's Paradise, and Dan Da Dan. So, which manga series do not have an anime
0: adaptation? Can you? It's the the ones before and after Spy Family. You said it was Three Paradise. No.
1: Three Days of uh, Three Days of Happiness, Look three Back, happiness. Hell's Paradise, and Dan Da Dan would be your choices. So, you're saying all those do not have. No, I'm I'm
0: I'm I'm stuck I'm stuck between three days of paradise and look back. Look back doesn't have one.
1: All right, very good, Mr. Martinez. Uh, but also have to throw in three uh three days of happiness as well. So hell's paradise. Oh, okay. Yeah, is the other one that will have a anime this year. So can kind of count that as well. But yes, hell's paradise is coming up soon. And for your very last category, Mr. Martinez is the weekly Young Jump which includes okay. Kingdom, Kaguya-sama Love is War, Real, The Climber, and Golden Kamui.
0: You said Real? Real. or Real? real? Okay. It, it's Real and The Climber. Let's go with The Climber. I don't think The Climber has an anime.
1: You are very correct. Alright, yes! awesome. Mr. Montana, A game that have-
0: I can win! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we are an anime podcast, so I would hope you knew your animes. But yeah, the other ones, again, this is something I mentioned during our uh, mm-hmm. Kingdom episode, but King- Kingdom has been keeping pace with One Piece as, like, the number one yeah. server in the category of Weekly Young Jump, while uh, One Piece has been holding its King's Crown and Weekly Shonen Jump. So, again, there's other uh, manga, I mean, there's other magazines other than just Shonen Jump. So, just bringing light to the fact of that. So, moving on, but yes, you are excellent students so moving on to our next news story this is very short news but the final two live action Fullmetal Alchemist films are premiering later this year so these films were basically uh, were celebrating the 20th anniversary of the manga which started back in 2001 so they've been running since 2017 when the first film was released so the second film coming up very soon is on May twentieth, and this is titled The Revenger Scar. And the last, final third film will be released on June twenty fourth, named The Final Transmutation. So this is the live action adaptation of the Full Alchemist manga in full, leading up from the following the Full Alchemist Brotherhood, I guess anime <laughs> again, because the first edition of the anime didn't actually finish with the story of the manga so it's running up from the interactions with scar and his dealing with the wind bells if you want to put markers where it is happening in the manga and Mm finally finishing up with everything with the father and the other seven deadly sins so very short news just that these are being released uh have you had any experience or seen the first film
0: so that was my question was the first film the film that was on Netflix?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the one that kind of got a lot of backlash. No, uh. <laughs> no, Star Wars. No, but yes, yeah. No. This, this this very much got a lot of backlash, and it's not really a reason why it's taken so long for the second and third films to come out. That's mainly because of um, the pandemic, but it has been a case mm. that there was a lot of backlash for its use of um, CGI or overuse of CGI and its unrealistic models for a lot of the characters. So a lot of it was being compared to worse work than what people can do at home by themselves. And by what the preview of this uh, for the second movie coming up soon shows, it hasn't really been fixed because uh, the cast is returning. Same thing with the studios and the animations. So everything is the same as before. So it's not like they made a big shift, kind of like how they handled, like, I don't know, how the West has handled the Sonic films. But, yeah, so you did watch it, or I didn't feel from your disgust if you did watch it or you didn't watch it.
0: I did, I did, and I don't want it. (laughs) That's because... What they did with Renri's character in that film, it it was just bad. It was horrible. I understand that they were trying to make the film stand alone, but it was like up and it was up until that point, essentially beat by beat, the same thing as the story, or very close to it. And then near the end, near the climax of the film, you want to change everything. It felt very jarring as almost as jarring as the cg that's used but at least with the cg it's like okay you're trying and because everything else is just like color by numbers a step-by-step story beats i just hope that the action sequences where we see the if you're where he's fighting with his swords i just hope that some of those choreography those scenes of choreography Take cues from Roni Kenshin because Roni Kenshin's fights, even though the movies themselves were meh, the fights were respected because they were done very, very well. Sort of feel for some of the actors that are in here because I guess it's like for anybody who ties their name to an adaptation. Say, for instance, Cho, uh, who was Spike in Bebop, or. And in, in the Netflix Bebop adaptation, right? He put his heart and his soul into doing his best, but people still didn't like it. And I'm sure that he's probably going to get some uh, blacklisting in Hollywood because of it, even though it's not necessarily his fault. So whenever actors do take a risk in properties like this, where they know that the fans are very vocal you have to give them some level of respect for putting themselves out there because depending on where it goes, it may stunt or springboard their career. So that's all I can really say on that.
1: Yeah, that's very true because yeah, it always seems to be a case with these live adaptation, live action adaptations is that they're picking these properties that actually can't be that well uh, trans it into a different medium because even mm-hmm. with the actor playing uh, edward is way too old <laughs> it's like i don't know i forgot to look up the, the age of the actors but they're somewhat decently cast except for edward again you're showing like von hohenheim his dad pretty accurate um, given his I don't know. facial prosthetics are kind of like off a little bit and again they're showing things like the use of alchemy in the show and like big scenes, big, notable scenes they pull from the manga, like straight whole cloth. But then there's like small moments of, like, oh, I know what this looks like. Or there's a popular YouTube channel about analyzing bad CGI. I forgot what they're, I wanted to call them out. But uh, it's like the VFX fixers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like this beloved property is being like just not handled. Properly. And Aroni Kenshin does still seem to be the model, most recently, of how to handle it. Like, taking a story that was done in the Meiji era, or, like, there's no superpowers. There's some superpowers um, in the show, but, yeah, like, just subtle storytellings. But, yeah, Fullmetal Alchemist is not the way to go about it. So, very looking forward to the next <laughs> adaptation, maybe. Japan's <laughs> maybe learning something from it recently. Um, given how the demands of the movie industry have changed because of COVID, but maybe there's going to be a emphasis or a shift towards like smaller productions and like smaller stories. So the last news story for today is that the gacha game Arknight is getting its first anime, uh, well, it has gotten its first anime uh, PV trailer. So the Arknight is a very, very popular gacha game, which basically falls into a category of not necessarily gambling but it's basically built off a gaming model of you pay money for the waifus that you want and it's gotten very popular with like other notable games like the fate stay not fate stay but fate grand order series somewhat of gaijin impact as well not so much raid shadow legends but it does feel very similar in the vein of money that you can easily waste Being addicted to these kind of games for different reasons. But this is being done by Yoastar Pictures, which has up to this point only done a lot of uh, second key animations. This is basically the category of animation where they're responsible for cleaning up an image or cleaning up uh, the animation to make it more smooth and fluidity. And they've done like everything from Attack on Titan Final Season demon slayer the entertainment district and the tact op destiny talked about last year but this is basically their first anime production so they're also responsible for the game so they're somewhat of a gaming and animation company as well so this is basically i put this in the news because of its backing of animation and their direction and as well as their assistant director they're all coming off of ss gridman As well as its sequel series Dynan Xenon. So it got some heavy hitters for like its first anime production and with Arcanites being a very popular uh, video game series I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about this for the coming years or whenever it gets actually announced for its release date. So Sam are you familiar with this game or Familiar with other gachi games at all?
0: This, is, it, I am getting a serious sense of deja vu because I could have swore that we have talked about this before the PV came out. Because I remember when I remember watching the video for the PV and I was interested and I looked into it and like, I feel like we had mentioned it lightly in the past. If not, uh, we, we mentioned Joe Star Pictures because I remember you. Uh, mentioned how they were a company that did touch-ups right and this was big for them because this is an actual start to finish anime for them i as far as gacha games too the only thing that i can really think of because we've had our guest alonzo in the past he's mentioned games like genshin impact i think that's considered a gacha game right yeah technically, am i correct yeah. to say that yeah, yeah. So and I know that game has been really popular recently. So that's uh what I think about. I haven't played Genshin or any other gacha games or games that would be considered gacha games, but I am very excited for this story because or at least for this anime, because the trailer really does captivate me it seems as though there's a lot of moving things going on in terms of how certain people are being treated and it seems as though there's different uh forces at work such as a governing force a terroristic force and it's along again with the different people groups aspect because we have these people creatures that have these long animal ears right so like they could be like part rabbit, part uh cat or things like that i just want to see how i just want to learn more about the world from seeing this pv so i am very excited but what about yourself have you had any first-hand experience playing this game or any other gotcha games
1: not at all. I've only heard it through secondhand accounts of how addictive it can be. And I've seen a lot of these stores in Akihabara and uh, uh, Tokyo, Japan, like selling a lot of Knight figures and how expensive they can get because they're in so high demand. So, I'm very much looking forward to this. See how, again, this trend of this closely re- related relationship between anime and video games has been long existing. Like, Studio Enix has kind of been like the head spearhead of that but yeah to say that a lot of video games or at least these mobile games are getting into an area that demands a anime adaptation is like very like uplifting or optimistic for the future and even with like series like king's avatar i believe like the talking about esports so it does seem to be that the anime Mm -hmm. industry has been taking keynotes of what is popular among either new audiences or emergent audiences so that's why I'm looking forward to this. But that is it for the new Sam. And now it's time for an anime that is of your choice because we've yes. been somewhat not switching off hand to hand. But yeah, the actual full name of the story or the actual full name of the anime is I don't even want to try to butcher it in Italian, but it basically translates to the story of the arcane family. And this is our 10 year review of it. And. Time codes are going to be in the description. So, Sam, what about this anime?
0: So, I would say I didn't know anything about this anime. In choosing our anime to review this year, I was really going off of aesthetic and uh, synopsis. The summary seemed fairly interesting. The garb that the characters have is very mobster-esque with their suits, and it felt very much in the same vein, say, Bungo Stray Dogs or uh, Katekyo Hitman Reborn, where it pulls influence from the Italian mob, mafia, and moving forward and, and going into it. So I was going in with high hopes hoping that it was going to be something similar if at most like hitman reborn i would say because that's at least the what would be the word at least the floor or the standard that it would have to beat for it to be a considered good mafia anime in my opinion i so what about you, Jay? Have you had any experience to this? Was this your first hearing about the anime before, just for our episode?
1: Yeah, completely unknown to me, and I'm not surprised because it's mm-hmm. it's a production by JC Staff that just does everything that, it just does everything. Everything under the sun, yes. Right, like... like you're not surprised because it's not a studio that has like a particular aesthetic to it, something like the Mm -hmm. CEO trigger, but they do outstanding work. They've done, you know, really high profile animes before, but then they also do like very substandard or very mid anime as well. So they're like a varying studio. So I've never seen any of the characters
0: before. I never even heard of it before. Okay. So we both went in blind and, (laughs) it would be very interesting to get both of our opinions on this because of our different takes in regards to the crime uh mobster gang genre and seeing this anime so it would be very (laughs) i feel like our opinion opinions are going to be very very colorful moving forward so as Jay had mentioned the full title of this anime is La Storia Della Arcana Famiglia which is Arcana Famiglia. The premise of the story is well the story itself it takes place on an island known as Regalo and there is this force known as a family that are very mafia like where but they protect the citizens on the island, and the family's name is Arcana Famiglia. Essentially, it seems like they are the ones that make sure that the citizens aren't taken advantage of from nefarious individuals. So, essentially, like what Vito Corleone did for his neighborhood, making sure that the only people that were making any moves or him and his people that nobody was coming in on his turf they sort of have that same thing and because they're so active into the in the community the people have high regard for them very much like Pablo Escobar with, with him and his community and in this family we learn that the current Don, or in their world, the current quote-unquote Papa of family, had made an announcement that he was going to retire. However, for his successor to be chosen, he wanted to host a battle royale, and not only that, but the winner would also have his daughter as their his daughter for their bride as their prize. So we are following his daughter as well as the potential suitors for her hand for the title of Papa of the family. And not only that, but we also have some supernatural aspects that seem to, rely heavily on tarot cards as well. And as Jay had mentioned earlier, the studio is Studio JC staff where they have a wide variety of stuff, things going from Eden Zero, which is going on right now, to a certain scientific railgun, One Punch Man, Toradora, Food Wars. They're just all over the place, any and everything they the source of this particular anime is from a visual novel. The genres are known as action, fantasy and romance. The theme is reverse harem, which is it. That's a weird phrase to begin with, because you would think that harem just means like one thing, regardless of the genders. But I digress. And the demographic is shoujo. Duration is 24 minutes. The rating is PG-13, teen and older. So it's kind of understandable with the violence that shows up. And this series can also be seen on high dive. Now, with that being said, I went in thinking that it was going to be a certain way after reading from the synop after reading the synopsis. Again, it's sort of like, I-, I would say for me, it was akin to how somebody gave me the synopsis of what Inuyasha would be. Like I had this own story of this grand adventure that uh, was, go- that was going to cater to me that I was going to enjoy. But then I went and I watched Inuyasha They weren't wrong in their synopsis, but I felt misled. (laughs) So, I would say that I felt very similar with Arcana Famiglia. But, Jay, what were your thoughts when you first started watching Arcana? Do you feel, because you said you went in blind, so you didn't even look at the synopsis or anything else like that?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I went in, I just watched it um, straight up with for the first time uh mm-hmm. no research done before because the thing that really caught my attention was it's um well you know like when you open up the preview of the episode you see the character models and i was very interested in that because i don't know when this was coded but it's an interesting thing to you know go back through your memory to see like all these tr- mm-hmm. um trios kind of set up these pairings of main characters and it's like it kind of hit wait, me wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait! Keep, keep, keep talking! Keep talking! Keep talking! Okay, made me so think the,
1: about yeah, the trio of the setup of the story and like the main cast, where it's either uh, well, it's not either, but it's uh, two boys and one girl, and it kind of hit me, kind of just like being trying to rip, be retrospective of things, like oh, we were first kind of introduced to this in Pokemon, you know, the people of our age group, and it yeah. goes into like Naruto and Soul Eater you know you can keep going down the list even like most recently of on my mind is like promise neverland of the setup of okay there's a girl and there's two boys and like one of them's usually like sexually weirdly attracted to the girl the girl's unspeakable of that um attraction and then there's the other not to say asexual but it's like the one the other guy is like just completely uninterested in the Um, girl at all so it's like a weird setup so like going into it like just first impressions i was like oh okay it's going to be something of that early 2000s uh vibe that you know is like going to hit me with those story beats of like oh this is not
0: aged well so quick 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 tangent quick tangent it it, it's it's funny because when you when you said the the trio i have the picture here in front of me and i noticed the color scheme and i thought you were going that way and it made me think about Sonic Heroes, where you have the trio is like red, blue, and yellow, and the main characters, red, blue, and yellow as well. So that that's why I was spazzing out a little bit earlier, because I wanted to see when that game came out. And that game came out in 2003, so that was 10 years before uh, this franchise came out. Oh, damn, that was a long time ago. But sorry, i I, I had to... I had to loop it back around again. Yeah, <laughs>
1: But yeah, I guess my point of that was that going into it, I was like, oh, this is a, this looks to be a little bit out of time. So you've already mentioned Hitman mm-hmm. Reborn, and I think the other parallel you might want to make is Black Cats. That's a very under, under the radar anime, but it's dealing with the same kind of aesthetics of a mm-hmm. criminal organization doing good, and a special power around their weaponry. And The other thing that really caught my attention was, like you said something earlier, is like there's not a lot of animes that talk about the Italian mob because, you know, Japan has its own mob, (laughs) the Yakuza, as well as if they want to diverse from that, they also have the Yankee genre, which is the delinquent genre. So, like, there's only, like, the only other mobster anime I can really call off my head
0: is, like, 91 Days, and that came out, what, seven years ago or six years ago now, very recently. And now i think about there's also gangster but that's it's it's very loosely in the same vein
1: yeah loosely like, in the base yeah yeah because yeah. like there's like like if you're looking at the venn diagrams there's not much that this would be a good grouped mm-hmm. into with so that's how i went into it when i was first watching it
0: it had a lot of potential when when i was watching it the way that they had introduced the family like you saw that they protected people they uh didn't want unwanted trading or trading that was done without being run through the family first and we get to see we we get to see some characters that have personality i i'm trying to think it it, it, it sort of reminded me of the issues with some of the anime that was based off of Ultimate games that you had mentioned, where the main female protagonist was or is intentionally kept bland so that the viewer can uh, input their own personality in that person. Because, as I mentioned before, it's a reverse harem, or at least that's what the title was. And so we're following Felicita, which is the daughter of the, uh, of the, of the Dawn of the family. And uh, with, we have to deal with her trying to figure out what she wants to do. At the announcement, she says how she wants to find her own path. Then her father saying that, you know, she's not strong enough to claim what her own path is. And it seems like it, it, it's it's just very interesting because after watching works with headstrong women, like, I'm trying to remember, the redheaded uh, archer chick from the Disney movie. Her name's Meredith. I forgot what the name of the movie was. Brave. But, brave, yeah. How... She essentially competed for her own hand in marriage, right? Uh, that, that was the thing that I, I thought about. It was like, okay, she's going to go brave. She, she's going to be like, well, I'm going to compete in the tournament as well. And that way I'll become the, the Dawn of the family, right? She doesn't have that moment in... She doesn't have that moment, not at the party, right? And she sort of has to be led there by the family's current quote-unquote mama and that's also something that they don't really explain either is just the dynamic whether or not she the, the whether or not the papa of the family is her actual father i'm thinking that he is because he has the same color eyes and the same color hair but everybody calls him papa everybody calls his the girl that's with him mama so it's like are they actually together are they actually married is he actually her father like that sort of thing and another thing that they had mentioned was that they had no that uh felicita had of her own free will decide to join the family right and that being a part of the family apparently means that you have to do whatever papa says so like they have a, a very interesting power system where everybody's power is based off of a tarot card like her card is based off of one that's called the lovers which apparently gives her the ability to see into other people's hearts or to see like their motives and things like that sort of like a um, mind reader type card we see somebody who has the strength who is really really super strong we have somebody who is invisible we and the other two characters liberta he had his card is the fool we don't really know what that is because of his proficiency with the card and nova his card is death we don't really know what that is because he hasn't been seen to use it so apparently you have to be a certain uh you have to have a certain rank within the family so that you can even have powers. And uh, there is a ceremony where you have to make a deal with somebody to get powers. It's, it's sort of weird where it's like dancing around all this storytelling stuff. And there are times when the show wants you to figure things out, but then there are times when the show is trying to tell you, trying to give you an exposition dump. Like we have literally one of the characters give a round robin of people's powers, and we and we have Nova saying, "It's like why are you doing that now?" It's like we don't need to. We already know this information, right? Essentially, acting what a person in that situation would, like all in the first episode, and it's just, it just makes me frustrated because this premise could have been done so very well. If the story was being told in a different way. And not only that, but the story itself, it makes fillers canon. We're in the first three episodes, and we are getting filler out the wazoo and making it canonical to the story. And it's... I guess it's endearing if you like slice of life type stuff, but we are introduced to these, we were introduced to this mob-like organization, and we're, we're, we're talking about like the, the fate of the, the family, we're talking about the fate of uh, Felicita, we're talking about these powers that need to be tamed, that need to be tapped into, and then we're following the main three, run around town trying to look for a cat that was misplaced. Uh, But Jay, do you have any differing thoughts, differing opinions?
1: Yeah. So definitely agree with most of that, if not 98% of what you said. So that's good. Um, But I think one of the highlights I wanted to like kind of talk about is something that really surprised me after like finishing the first three episodes. Again, that's all we gave it again. An hour of your time isn't too much of a, um, you know, cause of concern for, you know, us anime watchers. But, yeah, the other thing that's really caught my attention after finishing three episodes was who was the anime director or the director of animation for this, and it was um, Chika Kone. And she's pretty renowned for her animation, or at least for her direction. She's directed, I guess, most famously Higarashi, the original series, as well as Golden Time, which is a very underserved or underrated, uh, romance uh, series, as well as she most recently did a uh, Way of the House Husband. So I was like, oh, this is such okay. a weird, yeah. like, again, directors can have like a mixed um, filmography and like can do things that aren't well received as well as things that are well received. So I was just like kind of shocked that she was responsible for this because it does seem very directionless in its first three episodes because, again, this is based off visual novel like you said and the whole problem of visual novels and this very much feels like being a dead horse, but there's really only three options that animation studios can go with, where one you follow a route that you know the gamer has not picked, so they can be happy or unhappy with that. Or the third, the last option is that they leave everyone hanging and not allow the main heroine to pursue any love interests. So there's no really straight line to where it's going after three episodes. It's not very much the focus of the first three episodes because, um, the, uh, the heroine only gets like probably 10 lines (laughs) during the first three episodes. Like her role is so pushed back in the background that the main focus is on Nova, which is the dark haired, um, boy with the sword actually that was one positive that really struck me in the first episode is that they're carrying swords and i don't know if that was a direct homage to like the samurai period where you know they were police officers so i thought that might have been like a direct like mix between japanese history and italian history because i don't know much about italian history but um that's nova saying like you said um, that he has the death um, Arcana and we don't know much about that but we kind of get a sense of it because in the sec- third episode with about the children in the church and like the day out for the kids the mama of the organization talks about something that they made him do and mm-hmm. I thought that was very subtle like not world building but just character background to like sprinkle in something why his mood is so grumpy and why he's so Anti, like, not anti friendly, but he's just so abrasive. And then the other one, um, would you pronounce his name? Liberta? Um, yeah, Liberta. Liberta is uh the dark blonde uh, character, and he's like the genki kind of friend of the main heroine, and he's like, he's the one attracted to her. And, you know, they see, he like, he grabs her boobs <laughs> in the second episode and like holds her hand and just calls her princess. Actually, I listened to the dub. They
0: all they all call her princess. Wait, so and uh, the dub was he the only one that called her princess?
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention. Is like I listened to the dub, so he's the only one that calls her princess. Everyone else calls her milady. So I was like, oh no no one. no
0: that that's that that that's that's fair. I would say yeah, because everybody calls her milady. He calls her princess, and that's. Uh, I'm sorry, go on, go on, hmm. you're saying. Yeah,
1: so it does go into this idea that, again, I think I'm not reading too much into it, but there is a lot of um, I don't know if subtlety is the word, but nuance, but even in the first episode, like, the papa uh, says that his his arcana is basically an absolute control, and that's why they can't disobey him, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting dynamic, because, like, The Familia is a vigilante group, I guess, technically. They're a paramilitary group. I don't even know how you want to classify them, but they're this group of non-related family members, but they serve They're like, quote-unquote, a family, but the father has this absolute command that you can't defy what he says if he gives a command. I was like, okay. Let's go from there. He's the villain. Uh, We're setting (laughs) up a confrontation with him later on. And then even in the first episode, like, for um, Felicia to to rebel against him like she starts a fight with him but then that lines gets thrown around like you're not strong enough because one her power is just to look into people's hearts it's like you're not you don't have a combative superpower or you don't have a combative arcana when some characters have super strength and ability, one of them like uh nova has the arcana of death so probably he could just touch people and kill them or whatever And then um, Roberta has like the fool So he probably has some kind of illusionary Kind of ability So it's like everyone's superpower But hers is combative So you kind of get the sense of that Oh she can't really compete Even though she's been given this title of uh, Head of sword That's kind of the defensive Branch of the family And even in the first episode She's seen controlling the city With like armed guards as well And even in trying to stop a crime to happen like she draws her knives but the main focus is on the two other boys again so it's like a weirdly she's really put back in the story of her own telling so it's really a main focus between the two male leads bickering back and forth and being one attracted to the girl and the other not being attracted to the girl or having some kind of past relationship because he calls her felicia or just like a shortened name like very not disrespectful, but something familiar so there's some kind of backstory okay. yeah. so to talk about this as a total or as a whole I would say the thing I want to say about it is that it's very inoffensive to me <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the um, <laughs> that's the vibe I got from it after sitting up with these first three episodes because I was very much pausing it uh, the English dub is very cringe um, the voice acting uh... is very off-putting and to say that it's like a good first anime is is very far from the truth, but I wasn't offended by it. Where other otome games have offended me because of their downplaying their heroine so much uh, to the point of like it feels like very self-serving. So like even the isekai genre is kind of the self-insert genre as well. Same thing with the otome games. It's like oh you're supposed to downplay the character so the audience member who or the demographic that is directed to feels like they can be that character so i didn't feel that much because there's like all those things that you said they did poorly sprinkled in so like in the third episode there might be ghosts (laughs) there might be uh ghosts or there's also the existence of alchemy in this world somewhere because one of the other family members is a researcher and like his arcana is the moon so he can only really come out at night and he's like an alchemist we don't really see that yet so again sprinkling in other things but in the second episode she does get the determination to say oh i could actually compete if i master my arcana which is also not true so there's like these weird disparate elements in the first three episodes that you can't really get too much out of there's not much substance like to grab onto like even the core idea about everyone having a arcane ability doesn't really play out. Cause if you know anything about tarot, all the cards aren't really indicative of a power set. So yeah. even Jojo kind of did that. I guess you're more the expert of how they implemented the tarot system into Jojo. So you could probably talk about that a little bit better than I can, but yeah, for the first three episodes, Sam, I very much agree with everything you said, um, but you know, I, is <laughs> like, looking for redeeming features of it is really hard because like even for the harem genre it's not much for the action genre it's not much but again it's not inoffensive to where ultimate games um are
0: that i feel like with the horror um what
1: we've talked about a couple of <laughs> ultimate yeah, the, game series
0: it was a uh, demon snow well, yeah
1: yeah so. exactly yeah so where um the pretty boys are yeah, yeah, super he, pretty you
0: don't Hiro Nakakira.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this does feel like like the most shonen version of a you know, a girl directed harem story. So I was like, uh it's not too offensive. So on the verdict of Resur- to resurrect or rebury, I'm definitely going to be on the reburied side because there's 12 episodes plus an OVA because the games are really popular because there's like three installments that came out on the PSP or the PlayStation Portable. So I definitely it definitely demanded the with 12 episodes and probably an OVA since JC staffed it. But overall, it's a rebury for me, and I think you're the same.
0: Yes, it's a rebury for me because it was offensive to me <laughs> because I thought that it was going to be a battle anime. It's like, nope, we're just going to be a regular, degular otome anime. And I'm like, great. So, like I said, I... Uh, I have so many ideas for a rewrite and how to make it more interesting than what it actually is. But as you said, it's just following the course of their the games and the way that they're told. And it must be doing something right for it it to be so popular among the ultimate fans. But as an anime, it 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 needs to stay. It needs to stay in the past. It doesn't need to be brought back. Uh. So, once again, it's a resounding rebury from both of us. Jay was um what what was your reasons for reburying again? Oh,
1: basically the same of yours is that it's not much of a gangster story that the three episodes doesn't really do much to really attract you to either of the genre tags of harem
0: action or even crime, and the writing is very lackluster. Exactly. Succinct and uh concise, succinct I can't add anything else to it. So I would say that those are my exact same reasons for reburying it. And that has been our episode in regards to Arcane Familia. And the next episode that we have coming up, we will be looking at Jay's pick, which is we can probably get a glimpse of the future and how it won't be so bleak because there won't be people in the future. With humanity has declined and jay i would say thanks for weathering this anime that we have watched uh, together i appreciate your time and what have you gotten for us today
1: all right so i got some tarot card readings to do so if you were paying attention the 21 cards are eventually talked about in the uh, in this anime, so I thought I would take the twenty-one cards and see which one you pick for both yourself and me, Sam. So, out of from zero to twenty-one, what number would you like
0: for yourself, and which number would you like for me? Seventeen and twenty-one. Seventeen for me, twenty-one for
1: you. All right, cool. So, seventeen, Sam, <laughs> you are the star. <laughs>
0: star platinum yes
1: (laughs) and but unfortunately because i am 21 i'm
0: what oh my god yes it's a jojo reference without it being intentional yes